there. This is Justin Brumkin, your host for the Industrial Solutions Network podcast that we're calling, and we have called, the Connect Together podcast. I know everyone out there, it's been a long time. I've gotten all five of you asking where the next podcast is coming from. When is it coming out? And the answer is today. We finally got back to it. Um, We missed you. We have uh, always have a ton of topics to talk about. Always have people uh, from around the Industrial Solutions Network and solution consultants out there, people that know stuff, know more than me, that want to come on here and talk and educate and inform and make you all aware of all the cool and maybe not cool stuff. I don't know. We'll talk to our guests today to see how cool this stuff is. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to be back. I think there's so much to talk about. You know, upcoming, we have a bunch scheduled uh, to uh, not just our employees, but get some of our system integrators and partners out there to talk about best practices. So expect that coming soon. Uh, some of these solution partners are from all over the country uh, doing really cool case studies and just implementing some awesome stuff in manufacturing plants all over the place. Um, so stay tuned. We're going to keep on these podcasts, uh, talk about awesome stuff. And at all times, if uh, you have any topics or if you just want to get on, you can uh, email me at justin.brunken, B-R-U-N-K-E-N, at CED.com. I know, CED is on my email address, but we are the Industrial Solutions Network, which CED is a part of. And speaking of CED, we have a guest from our CED locations in Nebraska. Uh, welcome. For the first time ever, he's been with CED for 10 months. 10 months. 10 months. 10 months. Not a year. Ten months. Ten months. <laughs> His name is Tyler Embowden. Hello, hello, hello. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thanks. I know it's only me clapping. Yeah, <laughs> but it's worth it, right? It means yeah. a lot. Yep, everything helps. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. How Excited. Did I, how did I convince you to get on this podcast? Oh, you know, an email. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know email was so powerful. I love it. So uh, we have you here. We talked a bit already. Uh, I saw you yesterday, actually, and we're trying to figure out what to talk about, and we're right in front of um, this automation wall, which we'll get to in just a bit, and it's a really cool project that you've been really dominating on, but yep. let's tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you've been with CD for 10 months. Where are you from? What do you so, do? I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, and grew up there. I went to Iowa State, uh, graduated in May of 2018, and I went to school for computer engineering, so this is a little bit foreign to me, but a lot of the topics and technologies crossover and it's pretty relatable. So with CED, I'm the uh, solution consultant in Nebraska for sensing software and analytics, kind of delve into a little bit of everything from getting sensors connected to machines and what kind of information you can get from them up into a network and do some manipulation with that data. Isn't that the future? Absolutely. Sensing and analytics? Yes. I mean... (laughs) We, we talk a lot about connected enterprise. That's Rockwell's terms. But just connecting the plant and getting information and how to use it, that's where things are going, right? So you've been here for 10 months. You're going to be here for 10 years. Absolutely. So everything's going into, you know, how do we get data 
up into a network and do something with it to efficientize your your processes, if that's a word. <laughs> it is <laughs> make now. Them, make it, it more now. make it more efficient and Count save it. you money and make you more money in the long run. So you know a little less wear and tear on your machines maybe, and get you some data out of it to improve your processes while you're at it. Let's expand on that. How does analytics get you, get them more money? So if you know where you have deficiencies in your processes, then you can go ahead and find ways to improve those processes, reduce downtime, increase production, and overall increase profit. Hmm. Is profit good? Profit's awesome, right? (laughs) (laughs) For them, for sure. I like money. (laughs) What is the most important piece of analytics that a customer can have? So when it comes to analytics, obviously the more data, the better, but you need some sort of networking piece to tie all that together. At least with Rockwell's new line of uh, analytics devices, it all requires an Ethernet network. Yeah, you're talking about the Ethernet network and how much easier it is to use. And me, I'm a dummy. Uh, Again, I say this on every podcast, which I am. But I mean, everyone needs to be going to Ethernet. Is Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so the legacy <laughs> networks that we, you know, we are uh, helping support DeviceNet and ControlNet, uh, Rockwell networks, they're still out there in a lot of plants, but they're kind of a bottleneck. You, they're restricted to how much data you can get out of them. It's a lot easier to install devices on Ethernet networks and a lot easier to support. You get more diagnostic information. Overall, you can just get more data out of your devices and have a lot more on one network nonetheless. So. So we'll get to that uh, factory talk analytics for devices for sure real quick. But you, you, you keep talking about, like, get more and more data, more data, more data, more data. Like, like that, I feel like that's super intimidating to me. Like, you have all this crazy data, which this could be a good segue into the factory talk analytics for devices. But what do you do with all that data? So it, data could be something as simple as, hey, you've got this many bottles passing a photo eye. Uh, this many times a minute and it's slower in this area than it should be in the rest of the areas and here's a bottleneck and let's let's uh, analyze that area let's see why that's happening Uh, another piece of data could be diagnostic information so I have a sensor and that sensor's got some dirt on it well I don't know that it has some dirt on that sensor or it's got something defective wrong with it it's just you know, not making my process as efficient as it needs to be. So what can we do to be able to get diagnostic data out of that device and view that and actually fix the problem and get you more efficient? How many, how many customers out there do you think have the ability to get all this data to like the customers that actually have someone or a group of people walking around looking for like those inefficiencies on these uh, sensors and products? Yeah, so ideally people are probably hoping that they have somebody going around every day and looking at what inefficiencies they have. But from my experience in these long 10 months, right, that they've, uh, places don't, right? There's people that are supposed to do it, but they get busy, they get caught up in maintenance work. They're not doing, you know, the predictive maintenance all the time that they should be. Why not have something out there that's going to help you detect these issues and bring them right up to light and notify you of what they are, right, straightforward, so... Yeah, Tyler, you're going to learn real quick how much time you don't have coming into CE. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like going after it because this is the future, right? So Mm -hmm. I get it. Like everyone knows what they want to do in these plants. A lot of times they just don't have the time and bandwidth to probably do it. Yep, for sure. And that's what we're here to help you with. So awesome. So, one of the coolest things before we get into that automation wall that you showed me yesterday, and it's been out for a while, um, is the. Rockwell Automation Factory Talk Analytics for Devices, or 
also known as Shelby for some reason. <laughs> Shelby, code name Shelby. Code name Shelby. Code name Shelby. This is like a top secret sort of thing. Yeah, it was for a while, right? Really? Yeah. Hidden within Rockwell, there was a code name <laughs> Shelby to be devised. So, do you even know why it was called Shelby? Maybe we have to get a Rockwell. It's easy to person. name. I mean, there's also Sherlock. So, there's, there's lots of code names out there. Interesting. So, what would your code name be? Uh, I don't know. Iowa guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna come back to him. We'll work on that. Come back at the end. And it, you got to think about that this episode. We'll come back. What's your code name? I'll, I'll come up with a code name as well, too. Um, so, yeah, I was always confused on what it was trying to do. I know it's trying to get analytics on devices. But really, it's a good segue into, like, okay, you should have someone around your plant going around and, and looking at all these different devices around your plant, see if they're uh, failing, if there's any issues, if there's dirt on them, like you said. Yep. Uh, but a lot of times, that's just so tough to do. You're, you're taking care of different issues here. You're trying to improve, do a new lighting job in your plant or whatever it is. Uh, so Rockwell created this uh, a device that... And it does analytics for device. I don't know if you can call it that. Yep. A device for devices uh, that does a lot of that for you, right? Yeah. So Factory Talk Analytics for Devices is it's an industrial computer. It's about a foot wide and by a foot wide by four inches tall. And it's made to be placed kind of remotely away from your machines. And the idea of it is you plug it into your Ethernet network. And it goes out and fields health information from all the devices on that Ethernet network that are Allen Bradley equipment that are ethernet capable and it's going to give you all that health information in one spot able easy to view and able to be seen by anybody that goes into the the url you just type in the ip address of it into a web browser and it's going to bring it right up and show you all sorts of health information and it will go out and field any maintenance items that it thinks need to be done to any of your automation equipment connected to that ethernet network and put it in one place and show you straightforward hey, this is what you need to do to make this equipment run better or do any predictive maintenance on it. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to get to a little bit, but you're telling me, like, how stupid quick it was to set up. Yeah, so this takes, like, 5 to 15 minutes to set up. Literally, it takes 24-volt DC power, so three wires going into it, and an Ethernet connection. That's it. That's easy? That easy? Yep. Plug it into it's a like, computer. It's like a, it's like a TV commercial. It's yeah. that easy. It's that easy. Just plug it into a computer, go to the URL that its pre-fault, uh, default setting is, go to that, change that IP address, give it a password for your admin rights, and you're good to go. It goes ahead and fields everything it can. So all you have to do is just write a PO, and you're good to go after 15 minutes. Yep. So there's a, there's two parts <laughs> to it, right? You got the device itself, and there's updates that they release for the device uh, every so often. And these updates give more and more information for each device. And it's basically you update this device, the actual factory talk analytics device, and it can actually then see more devices and get more detail out of those individual devices over time. So I struggled. I asked the same question to you yesterday. Like, obviously, this this isn't in every facility. And I asked you, it's like, well, I don't get it. Why isn't it? If it's like that easy. So it's a new it's a new concept, right? This isn't something that's been around forever. Data analytics. It's you know this is kind of geared towards places that want to get a, a foot in the right direction, you could say, and. They want somewhere to start that's a little bit, it's easy. There's not much setup required to it, and it gives you a lot of health information on stuff. So, Yeah, I really like the dashboard. The dashboard is really cool. It's just super intuitive. 
um, which is, I love Rockwell Automation, but it's super weird that they have a pretty good intuitive dashboard for yeah. something like that. And it was it was uh, just right there, ready to go. It already detects all the stuff that's in your system right now, right? And on that uh, network. Yep. That one so specific. You have, to have, you have to have a different one every network. Is that correct? Yeah, so every subnet's going to require its own Shelby, but... Each de- each factory talk subnet, analytics devices. That. See that? See subnet. That's your code name. Subnet. 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 All right. That sounds there legit. Anyways, go ahead. Each <laughs> each unit can do up to a hundred devices, and let's say you don't have, you know, you've got one hundred fifty devices, one hundred fifty drives. So this could be detecting drives. This could be detecting sensors, uh, even sensors using I/O link through a master. Uh, could be detecting PLCs, uh, switches, anything, anything that's got an Ethernet switch, anything that's got an Ethernet port on it, it's going to detect. And you you will need one for each of those subnets, though it does only operate on one individual subnet. So does does someone have to modernize some of their devices and plant to take advantage of this? For sure. So a lot of plants, you know, they have everything on device net, they have everything on control net. You're going to need to go ahead and update those drives, update those controllers, whatever it is, to be capable of using Ethernet to take advantage of the new analytics parts of Rockwell's stuff. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot here. What is everything that it detects? Go. Everything it detects. <laughs> I can uh, Drives, HMIs, P, uh, no, PLCs. Uh, no, well, like uh, everything that it detects on those devices. Oh, like, what does it detect on the I was devices? Because I, I was looking at the dashboard, and it. uh well, peek in here. Looking at the dashboard, and... Uh, it was saying like, oh, failed. Uh, I got you. So, like, yep. blah blah blah. So it's gonna see if anything's failed. Uh, needs maintenance. I already there's said like those. a warning. No, there's like a warning <laughs> one, and then there's. Uh, it's actions required. Anything okay. that has an action required, it's gonna it's gonna give you an information on. But you said like if there's dirt on there, like yeah. So how, that's gonna how be how specific a, does it know like what's wrong with it? Or so, is it just said, or if it's like a check engine light, and you have to like. Like, oh, check engine. Oh, now i got to find out. Like, so what's, what this device does is it does not do any uh, predictive analytics. It's doing – it's an information gatherer. It's taking information that's on each of the devices already, nothing you couldn't get from the web server that's enabled on most of these devices. It takes all that information – puts it in one place and makes it easy to view. So let's say you have a sensor, a prox, and that prox is getting dirty. The only way that factory talk analytics for devices can see that that prox is dirty is if you're using an IO link sensor going through an uh, IO link master that has ethernet on it. So it can extrapolate that data up through digital networks to the factory talk analytics for devices. Okay. So you're, you're saying this is just amazing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure, that's probably a good answer. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, um, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I just didn't understand why this wasn't available uh, a long time ago, but it does make sense. This is somewhat complicated machine learning a little bit and like, I don't know, just analyzing everything. Yep, putting so. everything in one place. So making it a little more efficient to do your maintenance work. That's awesome. So if you want uh, any more information, uh, don't bother Tyler. He's new. He, he has a lot of stuff going on. You can bother me. Uh, I said that 
email address before justin.brunken at ced.com. I can't answer any like specific questions, but I can definitely get you to the right people in the right part of the country, <laughs> wherever you're from listening, or just comment on the podcast because I haven't got any comments yet on this podcast. Give me a comment. So if I can just get one out there, it's going to make me feel really special and I'll probably respond uh, ASAP and probably give you a prize because I just, I need some assurance that this podcast and there's actually people listening to it we have a few hundreds uh every episode which is really cool but uh first comment get out there and uh, i'll get you a little something um so next up you know the reason we started talking about this factory talk analytics for devices because it was on this thing called this automation wall yep and uh um and we've had it for a while in the omaha location our cd omaha location uh there and um, then what did they task you to like modernize it? Yeah, so I started and like I had said, this was all kind of foreign to me, this whole automation stuff. So they said, Hey, here's this wall of products. It's got everything on it. Uh, Rockwell, you know, every line that Rockwell makes pretty much, but most of it's legacy. Uh, it hasn't been touched in a while. And can you go ahead and, you know, make sure everything works on here, get it working again. It'll be a good learning tool for you. Can you, you know, make it happen. And then once it's happening, everything's working, go ahead and start to replace some of that legacy product on it. So that's a task I've taken on over the last couple months. Yeah. See, you're not alone out there, customers. See, we have to modernize too. See, we're going through the same struggles, trying to figure out what that is. A lot of times I talk like, you know, we're updating our lighting in our facilities so we can talk about like, no, we're updating our lighting, man. Maybe you guys should like update your guys' lighting out there too. And you're right. We're modernizing there as well too. So what's, so when you're doing the automation wall, what, what's the point of the automation wall? So the wall's intended to be used as a demo for sales for us. It's also intended to be used as a customer interactive tool. So let's say a customer wants to go ahead and come into the Omaha location and do some training on that wall. You have a new maintenance guy that hasn't been exposed to anything just like me. Uh, we can go ahead and walk them through the wall or you can yourself and they can, you know, go ahead and get on a computer and jump right into the software, look at anything, touch it, you know, play with it, flip some switches, do whatever they want to do with it. So they can remote in yeah. and learn about all this stuff. So let's say you're in a you know remote location and you, you can't come into the office, you can't get away from your, your site, but you want to remote in, you want to show somebody some software, you want to go ahead and you know kind of do a preview of something. We can show you how it works, get on the phone, come out there, show you exactly how things are set up. Uh, it can be done remotely over the internet and everything's connected. So, so this is what I love about uh, CED or the Industrial Solutions Network. I mean, we're not... I'm going into ad mode here. I'm going into marketing mode here. Um, but uh, it's we, yeah, we're a distributor. We sell products, but that's not what we do. Like, we have people like Tyler out there to educate and consult and like help you guys figure out and guys and gals figure out how to modernize what you need to modernize. All these new products out there that you may not know that can solve a lot of your issues of time issues and all this other stuff in your plant. Take advantage of it. Tyler's bored some days. I know he said he's super busy. Like, don't email him. But I never said that. <laughs> make him work. Make people like him work. Like, that's what they're there for, to, uh, to kind of be consultants and help you through issues. I mean, don't – I'll get a little deep here. I struggle a lot of times, too, out there of, like, man, who do I contact to, like, figure out stuff for marketing? And, like, you're at a plant. Don't go at it alone, man. There's people yeah. out there. Don't be scared. We're, we're a service to be used. So Heck, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah there's a lot of times like in the marketing world, I wish I had a just team of people out there. It's like anything yep. I need to know about marketing, 
like you guys, like anything you need to know between what, uh, uh, you got sensors and analytics. You got yep. motion and drives and motors. PLCs, and networking. PLCs, networking, servo, like yeah. all that stuff. There's people to help you through that. Even the lighting, man. Omaha is one of the best lighting uh, guys out there. Chris Myers that can like do a freaking audit and layout like in no time at all and helps out, man. Gets you like a two year payback. So take advantage of stuff like that. And people like Tyler, don't let them get bored. Yeah, who knows what he'll me. do when he gets bored? I might come on a podcast in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you get bored? Work on Don't the automation wall. <laughs> automation wall. <laughs> come in on the weekend to be like, all right, I'm I'm heading in there. Yep, I'm gonna yeah. do some wiring. <laughs> That's fair. I like it. You're committed. Impressive. So, uh, last thoughts for the people out there. What if you had? Well, before we get to your code name, I know I said subnet, but that I gave you that. You have to get your own. Uh, last thing you tell people, like you've been here for 10 months with CED. Yep, for sure. You've talked to customers. Mm-hmm. You've been on the automation, fall, automation, automation wall. See, I can't talk. What would you say the most important thing they could do like today is? Get your network infrastructure in place so that you can end up having that connected enterprise and take advantage of some of these tools when they do come out and the tools that are already out. So... Be able to take advantage of that Ethernet network. It, it can get you a lot of data in the right places and help you be a lot more efficient. Great answer. Fantastic answer. Code name, go. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I, I don't know. Right, Justin, you, I'll let you, you think go about with it. One. I, so I didn't just make up this code name, but back in the day, I got this like cost cutters haircut, so it was really bad. And... I had all my friends say, like, oh, my gosh, that's a rat top. I was like, and then I I sped a lot back in the day just because I was always in a hurry for some reason. I have so much going on. So they called me Rat Top Racer. So my code name is Rat Top Racer. Rat Top Racer. For sure. Oh, yeah. I think I used it for my, like, old school Yahoo like, <laughs> login, too. Scoot. Scoot's my code Scoot. name. Scoot. Subnet Scoop. Scoot. That's what Subnet I'm calling Scoot. it. Right. Subnet Scoop. All right. Okay. There you go. There you go. So when you go and reach out to Tyler, call him subnet scoop, <laughs> and he'll respond. He'll know what it's from. So yep. anyways, we'll get on to more stuff, but I really appreciate you being on, spending yeah. the time, well, talking about the all this stuff. And Reach uh, out to me. Yeah. <laughs> there we right. go. There Make a go. comment. I want to I see a comment. Thank you. See? Not just for me, for Tyler as well. <laughs> thanks. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Take care. We'll be right back. Again, this is Justin Brunken, the guy that doesn't know much about anything but still hosts a podcast for the Industrial Solutions Network. Um, the podcast is called Connect Together, and I have a man from Little Rock, the Keith Lee Patterson locations of the Industrial Solutions Network. We're connecting with Chris Acock. Did I say that right, Chris? Yes, sir. You said it right. This guy is incredible. Uh, always positive. I don't know how he always stays positive. Uh, I was just at a Rayotum Rockwell Automation on the move in Arkansas. It was a while ago, but 
Always love seeing Chris there. Uh, he was teaching me about a ton of stuff on the floor because I need all the teaching I can get. Um, but welcome. I'm really glad you thank took you, some thank time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you having me on, Justin. It's uh, always fun to catch up with you. Yeah. Well, you had a busy day today, which we'll get into a little bit later. <laughs> We're trying to, try to get you, try to get you on a few hours earlier, but uh, you had a nice incident <laughs> that you had to solve. I did. I did. It's kind of the uh, life and times in in the SOCOM group these days. How is uh, Arkansas right now? Well, right now it's uh, about 65 degrees and sunny. Uh, Ten minutes from now, it might be 30 degrees or it might be 80 <laughs> with tornadoes. You never know what you're going to get in Arkansas. It's one of those run, running jokes. If you don't like the weather, just give it 10 minutes and it'll change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was driving back in from Nashville uh, yesterday and we were coming, I was coming across, you know, 45, 45, 50 mile an hour, uh, headwinds. And I, apparently a storm system had rolled through Arkansas. It was 70 when I left. And when I got home, it was 42. Yep. Yep. That sounds like uh, central America for sure. Uh, me being from <laughs> Nebraska, it's like, yep. Uh, that's, uh, that's what we have as well too. So Chris, how, what is your position? What do you do? What's your background? So, so uh, my position is the uh, components and safety uh, specialist for uh, the Solutions Consultant Network uh, based out of Little Rock, Arkansas. I um, service all of Keithley Patterson's uh, customer bases out of seven of the nine PCs here in the state from North Central and Northeast Arkansas all the way down to Southwest Arkansas. Uh, my counterpart, Shannon, uh, covers Northwest Arkansas, um, as he calls it, God's country. Um, <laughs> background is I've been with, I've been with Keithley Patterson, uh, actually eight years now, uh, as of March 6th, it was eight years. Um, eight years, uh, eight years. It's, it's, it's actually went by pretty fast. Uh, prior to that, I was a, uh, plant manager at a facility, uh, here in central Arkansas, um, and Keithley Patterson actually was one of our vendors. And whenever the housing market did what the housing market did in 2009, uh, those facilities were forced to close down. And I was uh, fortunate enough to be blessed with a, a job opportunity working with uh, guys that I had come to rely on uh, to help me solve problems in my facility. So uh, that's kind of my background, 13 years in actual manufacturing background. Uh, I'm a uh, level one certified functional safety engineer through TUV Rhineland. Uh, I've got my uh, bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Arkansas Tech. And I hold certifications in Six Sigma, lean manufacturing, uh, just about any type of process road mapping for uh, lean manufacturing. I've went through all of those classes as well. I'm also a, a level one certified thermographer. So that's my background. Kind we, of a, we get it. All. We get it, Chris. You got a lot of letters behind your name and title. I, you know, your, I, try your business card. <laughs> I try not to usually they, uh, Brandon's gotten to where he just puts my name on the card. We don't, <laughs> we don't even put titles. Well, your name just means so much anymore. You just put, Chris Acock yeah. on there. It's like, yep, that's, that's everything. Everyone knows Chris. Um, <laughs> so as a plant manager, um, what was your, what was your biggest concern when you were? A plant well, manager? it was actually, so I was doing, I was the, um, 
engineering and maintenance manager, and my main goals were um, increase productivity, decrease downtime, uh, increase on uh, reliability, predictive, preventive maintenance, uh, basically anything that would improve uh, the process of the of the facility that I was uh, servicing, which hasn't changed much from what I do now. What was so? What would you say? You had all those goals. What was your biggest like barrier to actually like exceeding those goals of you know keeping the production up and avoiding downtime? So we ran into some some outdated technologies. Uh, the facility did its best to try to stay on the cutting edge of uh, technology as as it pertained to that woodworking industry. Um, but just just like say your laptop or your iPhone, the moment you buy it, it's already uh, three revisions back, right? Yeah. So um, our our biggest challenge was staying competitive um, and staying safe at the same time. Yeah. So it it, it was a constant daily struggle between productivity, production uh, output, uh, safety, and efficiency. Yeah. How do you? And, yeah, how do you move quick without sacrificing people, right? Right, right. Uh, come to find out, we put in a lot of robotic arms. <laughs> Speaking of, this is a good segue, by the way. If you want to modernize, <laughs> you know, and improve what you're doing, your focus is on, a lot of your focus is on components. I know you do a ton of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talking earlier about, you know, the sensing products out there from Rockwell Automation. There's some stuff that's going away and stuff that's replacing it. So, like, modernizing your sensing. What are they? Why would you even do that? Right. So, there's been a lot of technological advancements in sensing in probably the last two to three years. Everybody's really pushing this uh, uh, connected enterprise and Internet of Things message, um, which basically... uh, all of that begins with your sensors, hmm. uh, with your input devices, right? A lot of people tend to look past Rockwell on the sensing side of it and look straight towards the controllers because their controllers, their logics platform is second to none. Um, so the problem what, uh, what we've run into uh, as, an, as an industry is how do we make sensors smart, instead of just as a, a, a typical binary device, an on-off, a one, or a zero, right? Yep. You, either, it's either seeing something or it's not. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a group called IO-Link. It's actually an organization. Um, IO-Link is a technology. It is not Rockwell-specific. It is uh, a, a community-based uh, platform. I did not know and, that. That is like new info for me. Um, oh, really? I, well, I know I'm dumb. Uh, I don't know a lot <laughs> of stuff that's going out there. I wait for you smart people to tell me, but yeah, I did not know that. I thought yeah, it was so, something that Rockwell had. Like that. So Rockwell is the only uh, IO Link participant that has that that has um, the controller, the master. Right, and so the logics platform, the master, which is the communications hub, and the input device, which would be the sensors. Um, they're the only only company that has all three of those, so they're the only ones that can offer a complete, full, uh, 
uh, integrated uh, package. They're the only ones that can do it. Uh, so IFM is a, is a sensors company, and they have sensors, and they have a master, but they don't have a controller, hmm. right? Banner, uh, Banner doesn't have a controller. They've got sensors. They don't have a master or a controller. Banner uses the IFM platform. Hmm. Um, Siemens, the controller company, uh, Mitocon, those, they don't have masters or sensors. Um, so if you're looking to just implement IOLink into your facility, you can do so with uh, a, a collective consortium of, of products, or you can do it easily with Rockwell. Rockwell um, has add-on profiles for every one of their IOLink-enabled devices built into their sample code library uh, that is free to customers. Um, they bring those into their Logics program <clears throat> uh, along with their IOLink master, and all of those devices automatically populate. Uh, all of the tags are created. Uh, it cuts engineering time and programming time down probably by 30%. Hmm. So uh, engineering time, I don't know if you knew this, but engineering time accounts for uh, 70% of a startup project. Yeah. It's so... It's probably also an excuse just not to do it because, I mean, I, I feel like at a lot of these plants, we talked about in the earlier segment of just the time and bandwidth. Uh, I see mm -hmm. signs in every facility I go into. It's like, got to do more with less, right? Can't hire anyone. Right. So Everybody's it, wearing multiple hats. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm guessing like a lot of things, uh, they're like, oh, man, I want to do this. I know I have to upgrade and connect my plant. Everyone's telling me I have to connect my plant. I don't have time to do that. What am I supposed to do? Right. And, and, and from a CED standpoint, we, we're trying to spend a lot of time educating our, our customers on the difference between uh, analytics and data and useful analytics and data. Mm -hmm. Because you can go out there and start data logging um, just about any piece of equipment in a facility, but if you're not going to reference it and it's not going to make you a better manufacturer, what's the point? Um, and now with, with, I agree. Rockwell, what's the, what's the value of data if you don't actually use it? Right. <laughs> right. And I saw it firsthand, uh, with my manufacturing, um, background, we would get reports daily and I'm like, okay, so what am I looking at? Okay. I know what my productivity number was. I know what my throughput number was, but what is all this other junk? What, what is it? And why are we collecting it? And, uh, why is somebody over here spending hours a day compiling it if we don't need it? Yeah. Give me something useful. Give me my energy consumption so that I can actually know what my total cost of manufacturing per piece actually is. Uh, let me know where I have power quality issues that are causing downtime that are shutting my facility down or shutting a process down. Um, those are, those are pieces of analytic inf analytical information that, if given regularly and in real time, uh, you can save your company hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. That's a lot. That's huge. That's huge. It's a lot. And that's what we try to do as, uh, as you know, we, Keith, Keithley Patterson is kind of tagged KP as their um, initials, right? Just your KP or whatever. So it's also a, a, a tagged as a, a, your key partner, we're not here just to sell components and sell sensors and sell controllers and 
just, you know, process POs. We're here to make you guys better. Yeah. And if if we're not doing that, then we're not doing we're not doing the service that you guys expect as a value add company. Yeah, and so. I and I would say too as a customer, it's like there's two parts of this. I mean, there's a I'm going to kind of go into uh, the incident you had today, but I mean, mm-hmm. you could wait till an incident happens to do stuff or you can do it before an incident, an incident or issue happens. And, you know, um, you'd want to probably do it before an incident happens. But, you know, you had an issue literally today that, um, you know, you're looking at sensors to help solve that. Yes. So, uh you know, uh, out of out of customer privacy, we won't we won't mention names, but we did have a a, a customer here in in Central Arkansas that had a an incident with an employee that was got a little too close to the sun, and um, uh, is going to spend some time in, in, at a doctor and and probably a, a very valuable lesson learned. Unfortunately, it was one that had to be learned the hard way, um, and. In my role, I tend to get these types of phone calls after someone has kind of tried to kiss the sun or touch the sun, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, a little bit of prevention. What is it? An ounce of prevention is is worth more than a pound of cure. Hmm. Um, I haven't heard that one. I like it. Yeah. It's that Arkansas thing. It's an Arkansas thing. It it, (laughs) it has been. Because I've heard it my entire life. I think my grandmother used to say it. Oh, no way. So... Um, had they had a couple of key sensors in some very key locations on this piece of equipment, um, telling the operators and telling individuals around it not to, uh, not to reach your hands out there, um, they may not have had to go visit doctor. And, uh, in the grand scheme of things, it'll probably end up costing the customer, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in workers comp um, follow-ups, et cetera. And the solution is less than $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible to think about like, yeah, it's like, man, I know 3000 sometimes sounds like a lot to some of these facilities, but it's like, you might as well do it because the the alternative could be, and you never know if it's going to happen. Uh, it could be a lot more. Yeah. And, and manufacturing is, even though it is a lot safer now than it was, even whenever I started in the industry back in you know 2000, it it's it's not an unsafe environment, but it's not a completely safe environment. Um, you can never safeguard a, a complete a, a facility completely unless you shutter the doors. You know, the safest piece of equipment is the one that never turns on. <laughs> But what good is that? Yeah, can't get so, anything done. So, That's a good point. Right. So we as consultants and we as engineers and we as plant managers and production individuals um, have to have a constant awareness of our surroundings. Um, and obviously OSHA kind of thinks it's important that uh, employers provide a work a safe work environment for all of their employees. You know, the OSHA... Uh, uh, what was it, 1970 or 19, yeah, the OSHA Act of 1970 uh, stated that, you know, you shall provide a safe uh, work environment for your employees, um, and it's kind of grown since then, and machine safety is um, now one of the largest growing market segments in manufacturing. And I think a lot of it's because more and more people are getting 
uh, exposed and, and, and aware of not only the hazards, but how easy it is to mitigate it and design it out prior to uh, the manufacturing process being involved. So um, we're going to keep we're going to keep fighting the good fight with that and, and, and getting OEMs and machine builders to understand the, the standards and then understand the codes um, and how they apply to their piece, uh, their specific piece of equipment. Yeah, there's and, there's there's so much out there with uh, like you said, light curtains, mats, cages, locks, there you lockout tagout processes, clothing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't just stop with you know optoelectronic safeguarding or hard guarding lockout devices. I mean, it, it goes into PPE, steel toes, uh, safety glasses, um, arc flash analysis, and and just being aware of your surroundings as a whole. Because I, I kind of enjoy going home every night to my family. Yeah, that's I would good. I, I, I would like for you to do that, Chris. <laughs> we couldn't imagine a day without you. That's for sure. Uh, if you had to, if you had to tell one of these plant managers, this is the one thing, or even just to anyone in charge of an operation or process, like this is the one thing you should do today uh, regarding sensors. Regarding sensors, I would the one thing I would tell them is to, to really do a good look at what technology they have out there, how long it's been out there. Chances are there's a better version of that type of sensor in the market um, that will give you more analytics and more uh, data to help you make more informed decisions real time instead of reactionary decisions. Um, as far as sensing, that that market and that that portfolio has changed so much in the last two to three years. Not with not with just the I/O link portion, but the actual technology involved. Uh, the the chipsets in our our phones are getting smaller. So are the chipsets that are getting uh, put inside our uh, photoelectric sensors, uh, our parts verification arrays. All of our um, all of our optoelectronic devices are getting smaller, but they're getting smarter. Um, they're getting better uh, IP ratings. A lot, most of our sensors coming out have an IP69K rating, which means high pressure, high temp. You can put them in uh, wash down uh, areas in food manufacturing, whereas before those sensors would cost you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Now you're talking a couple hundred dollars for a photo eye. So, um, and that's that's list pricing. You know, a lot of a lot of places have negotiated pricing um, and have really good relationships with their Rockwell distributors, but they, they get those, those devices and they pay for themselves within six months just by the analytics they give to you or the, the limited amount of downtime uh, that they incur versus what, uh, what technology was on there before. Um, margin indication uh, wasn't a thing on sensors until the last, probably three or four years. Um, and margin indication is basically the integrity or the signal strength of the, um, of the sensor itself, uh, as opposed to what um, uh, the device or the object that it's sensing. So if, the, if, your mar if your margin starts at 100, right, when it's brand new, and then it gets down to 60 or 70%, now the sensor can tell you that. Hey, my margin's getting low. Might want to come clean the lens off. Uh, I'm getting close to my life cycle. I've uh, my life cycle is a million cycles. I'm at 989,000. 
um, just it, it keeps them more uh, prepared to, to be predictive and preventative on their maintenance instead of reactive. And reactive maintenance accounts for or reactive maintenance with downtime accounts for 70% of all downtime on a, uh, on a, any manufacturing facility. So 70% of your downtime is reacting to something that failed that you had no idea was going on. Hmm. It can save so, fingers. It can save lives. It's it can a save fingers. It can save lives. It can save Pop-Tarts. It can save, save Pop-Tarts and money. You'll, yeah. nev- you'll never know if you save it because you'll be proactive and you assume you've saved something. I guess you'll never know <laughs> since you're proactive, but that's all right. You should do it. And, you know, none of these people can take advantage. None of these facilities can take advantage of this stuff if you don't have a network and it's connected, correct? So correct. get your get your plant connected. Get yourself Absolutely. a network. That should be Absolutely. like one thing that they should know because there's, there's so much good stuff coming out here that makes it so easy to connect. And you know, the rewire everything and a lot of the ethernet stuff, it's like, if you just get your plant connected, a lot of things could be easy and you could save a ton of time. We have, we have a customer that did not understand what, what his major bottlenecks were in his manufacturing process. They, they started bringing devices online and started uh, tracking their metrics, um, kind of a a one piece flow uh, operation anyway. And they realized where their bottleneck was, and within, I believe it was 60 days of data collection, they had enough information to figure out that their process flow was all wrong. They made a couple of changes and a couple of direction uh, directional changes in, in, their, in, in the way they manufactured components and how they came together, and... Uh, somewhere around uh, 30 to 35% increase in... Uh, output through that facility now so that's well, good yeah it was yeah. good it was good that it was uh just a process and wasn't like you know bobby on line two that was just causing the bottom right line. yeah that's an easy yeah, change was, the process was, for yeah. bobby wanted a break or something yeah. No, it was, <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying that doesn't happen but you know sure. as uh, as somebody that started off you know as a, as a line operator uh you know, we're going to hope for the best and be optimistic that, that Bobby wants to be there doing his job. And we're, you know, we're here to help Bobby's job be easier and more productive. That's right. Heck yeah. So. Now moving on to the final segment that's the most exciting of all. All right. NEC code changes. Woo! Woo-hoo. <laughs> so <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite parts of my, my position is I get to read – all of the standards, all of the updates from RIA, which is the Robotics International Standards, um, ANSI, ISO, NEC, NFPA, um, I'm, I'm kind of required and expected to stay on top of those things um, as a resource for my customers because they call me. They're like, hey, did you know about this? I'm like, yes, sir. You need to uh, go check out uh, – you know, 62061 subsection A or B or whatever, whatever that pertained to. And they're going to want some sort of uh, explanation on how it affects their, their machines. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that said, um, we have had a change in the NEC code 
It actually started in 2017. Uh, a lot of it was released in 2018 when the, when the books actually came out. Um, but it is it is actually uh, Article 870.6 of the National Electric Code. Um, and that code... Everyone knows that quite well. They know that number. I know. Obviously, right? So NEC code 670.6 pertains to search suppression and search protection devices um, within your safety circuit. Okay. So everybody focuses on a couple of things whenever they're designing and installing their safety circuit. Power source, making sure that they've got the proper power source. They've got uh, the proper amount of power. They've got redundancy if they need it. They've got pulse test checking. They've got uh, their inputs are proper. Um, they've met the proper uh, performance level or category rating for, for that specific machine and company. And what's been overlooked this entire time is surge suppression. Now, surge suppression in branch circuit protection, um, overload motor protection, things like that has been around for years. Okay, so everybody knows, everybody should know that um, as part of your branch circuit protection, you have to have search, uh, a means for surge suppression within that. I mean, I knew that, of course. Yeah, I mean, come on. Everybody should know that in the electrical world. I mean, people don't sit back and just read the NEC code. I mean, it's it's great reading right before bedtime. <laughs> yeah, right before bed. Yeah, right Continue. before bedtime. So, what what happens is <clears throat> they tend to overlook the surge suppression requirements of a safety circuit. Okay, and now they're kind of not allowed to because it's actually part of the NEC code. There was no there was no previous um, requirement. To the NEC, in the NEC for surge suppression uh, or surge protective devices. I get tongue tied with all of these um, uh, similar sounding names. <laughs> uh, but what really happens is with without 670.6 in place, um, your safety circuit was very vulnerable to. Um, a surge, a surge, electrical surge instance that would actually um, take your safety circuit or your safety device offline hmm. uh, without the operator even knowing. Okay. Now, if installed properly, a safety device will fail in the safe state, which is which is open. Mm -hmm. Okay, which that it won't allow the flow of electricity through the device, uh, and it won't send the proper uh, input status signal to uh, the controller saying, hey, we're okay to run. We're good to run. We're good to run. Because it, it the way it's designed is it says it's okay to run until it's not okay to run. Mm -hmm. okay. That's what makes it safe, right? Or the label well, safe. Right. A lot of people think that it's just because we paint things red. Yeah, I know. I hear that you a know? lot. You, it's you, red. It's it must be safe. On it, right? It's got red paint on it. That makes it safe. Well... Other co other companies don't necessarily use red. Rockwell tends to use red. Some use yellow. Some use yellow and black. Um, there's one company out there that uses white and black, which doesn't what? designate it different. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't designate it any different than their other devices. But I don't work for those companies. 
So I don't have to think. Thank keep up goodness. With white white and black. Right. I don't get it. Anyways. So basically the changes are this. Any industrial machinery safety interlock is now required uh, to have surge suppression devices in line with it to protect the actual devices. Okay, so our interlocks, our non-contact interlocks, our gate latches, our tongue interlocks, um, all of those devices now have to have a means for surge suppression, what they call a SPD, surge protective device, uh, in line to protect it. Um, there's, oh, there's a list of SPD approved or approved SPD devices. Um, Rockwell's happens to be the 4983 Bulletin product family. Uh, they actually, they're called, uh, they're a DIN mount. It looks kind of like a power supply, mm -hmm. but it's a DIN rail surge protection device. Um, it literally, uh, it literally has your line power in like 120 volts comes into it. Say it's a 24 volt power supply and it has 24 volts power coming out of it. But within that device is the surge suppression technology, um, so that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to put another device in line. It's actually built into these particular power supplies. So nothing's going to get past that device through that power supply with uh, with any type of a surge or transient noise that's going to adversely affect uh, the the integrity of the safety devices. Um, and at the end of the day. <clears throat> those safety devices are what keep our operators from going home with a few less fingers than what they left with. Right. Yep. Safety is uh, important. People are important. People are probably the most important part of what you do because, uh, robotics and, uh, automation, automation can only go so far. You still need people to, to manage that stuff. And absolutely got to have the human element. Heck yeah. Um, and soon to come, uh, I know he's already told me that Chris is going to be doing an audio book of the whole NEC uh, codes <laughs> out there. Uh, it should be out uh, soon, I think. I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, See he, if I can get Morgan Freeman to help me read it. <laughs> you have to get past the, the Arkansas yeah. accent. Uh, but it's very <laughs> soothing uh, to listen to uh, this man read about all the codes. But now you know the code 870.6. Is that correct? <laughs> Yes, sir. That's 870.6. That's article 870.6. Read up on it. Familiarize yourself. If you have any questions, everybody uh, everybody knows how to pretty much get a hold of me. Um, uh, if you don't, your your local Keithley Patterson store most definitely does. If you want to get a hold of Chris, get yourself that audio book. Uh, you can get a hold of me at <laughs> justin.brunken, B-R-U-N-K-E-N, at ced.com. Uh, there you, g go. you give me comments. I mean, if we get plenty of requests and demands for that, uh, I think you'd have to do it. Uh, I think I think we would have to do it. You know, I could have Shannon help me because, uh, you know, there's a there's a huge dialect difference between North Arkansas, Central Arkansas, and South Arkansas. So, <laughs> we can, we is can, there? We there is. I was told <laughs> there was. Someone said that South Arkansas sounds a lot like Texas and Louisiana. So, um, 
uh, North Arkansas sounds a lot like Kansas City. So interesting. <laughs> that's that's what I was told. I can't confirm nor deny it. That's just what I was told. Okay. Well, we'll get to the bottom of that as well too. So we're sounds here. Good. We're Chris. We're here. You know, trying to save lives, saving money, saving the world of podcasts uh, with with this segment here. So really appreciate it. Uh, you learned about sensors, how they can help with safety the old ones, the new ones, and learning new codes from the NEC. Um, what is the one thing you'd want to leave someone uh, from this segment if they could learn one thing before they, for the end of the day when they listen to this, what would that be? The, there's a wealth of knowledge out on this internet. Um, and Wait, the what? A wealth of knowledge out there on this here internet. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, between I know, right? Between Keithley Patterson, CED as a company, and Rockwell Automation, uh, get out there, find the websites that, that give you the information that are, that are specific and pertain to your industry or your job, and become as familiar and comfortable with it as possible. Don't be afraid of standards. Don't be afraid of, um, of, of new technology. Uh, go out there, embrace it, and uh, let's, let's get this country moving forward on all of our technological adventures. Love it. That's a great way to end it. Chris, I appreciate it. I'm glad we got you on today. Uh, you had some time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry I was late. Like I said, it was a... You got to do what you got to do, and that's why... I'm not going to tell you not to do your job. That's for sure to yeah. do this dumb podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't need Brandon calling me saying, "Hey, um, I heard the podcast, but uh, we need we need to get out there to this customer. So uh, we so got we got we got to keep them all happy, right? <laughs> heck yeah, man! You're doing your job. I appreciate it every day. So uh, again, though, glad you could uh, spend a little bit of time on uh, with me today and hopefully some more in the future um yes sir we'll, we'll most definitely uh link up again in the future uh enjoyed it had a great time and uh appreciate you having me on all right take care we'll be right back all right, thanks sir. another episode i know it's been a while but hopefully info about sensors and the future of what manufacturing is of being connected again that's what this whole podcast is about to not only connect people around the industry to talk about what's going on and what's new and what's happening and maybe just have like some you know just real conversations here but this the future of just analytics and sensing and how it can apply to you and a lot of these people have experience in plants and working with customers and being plant managers in the past. So hopefully this information's good. Uh, you're liking the conversations. Uh, we're going to try to do some more of these as well, too, as we move forward. But really just here to get you information that you may want to give, put in a way that uh, you can listen to while you're in the car or, uh, you know, before you go to bed. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, again, this is Justin Brunken of the Industrial Solutions Network. 
uh, someone that uh, is learning along with you, uh, talking to all our solution consultants and uh, partners and vendors along the way. So hopefully you got something out of it. And uh, if you have any comments or um, want to hear about any sort of topics, uh, email me at justin.brunken, B-R-U-N-K-E-N, at CED.com, and we'll get to it, and we'll find someone to... Uh, that's an expert to talk about it because, uh, I don't know, unless it's marketing or or soccer or something else uh, that I can talk about, I will. But this stuff, I'm bringing experts on and people that know what they're doing on to this podcast and help lean the way. So until then, really appreciate you listening. Um, let other people know about this podcast. Uh, it is growing, which is awesome. Who knew? And uh, until next time, I'll talk to you then. Take care. It's Bye.